0: What's up, champs? Welcome back to another installment of the Short Shift Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Burnett, joining me for the first time in a long time, my pal, Victor Nuno from the Fantasy Hockey Life Podcast, as well as the Hockey Writers website. Victor, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing awesome, Ben. So So glad that we got to do this. You are a frequent and beloved guest on our show, and it's fun to be able to hop on and do this. Short shift. I promise I'll keep my shift short. I won't go long coach.
0: I appreciate you saying that just right off top. And I also am happy that you've done this before. So you kind of like you understand how quickly these shifts just turn into long shifts. Like you don't Mm -hmm. think that you're not planning to go long. And then it just all of a sudden you've been uh, like rattling on about uh, Jake Ettinger for like nine minutes. You're like, well, (laughs) that's half an episode. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, I understand, you know, it's the end of the second period or middle of the second period. You get caught out there on the long change and uh you just exactly. you just end up talking about the otter for uh,
0: too long. It, it happens to the best. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's the middle of the show. We get a little lost, but I digress. Victor, as I mentioned, you're a writer for the hockey writers, so I would be remiss to not ask you off top a little bit of uh San Jose Sharks Talk. Uh, and it looks like James Reimer was stealing the job in San Jose. He's now missed the last few games with an illness. And Aiden Hill has looked really good in that opportunity. He's put up three quality starts and a 919 save percentage over the past four games. What's your read on the Sharks' goaltending situation moving forward? Yeah, I
1: know from the beginning of the season, the coaching staff wanted this to be a timeshare. And it mostly has been. And when Aiden Hill has been in the net, he's 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 got some not great numbers, particularly early in the season. But I I will say watching the games, he's probably been a little bit a victim of some fluky goals, some unlucky bounces. Just in the last game, there was a puck off a skate that went right into the top corner. And it's like, come on, you know, that not much you can do about that. So he certainly hasn't been great, but uh, I think he's been close. Closer to average than his initial numbers would suggest and looking at his sort of advanced numbers, they look pretty bad, you know, it's goals save above expected overall or minus four and a half and his Delta Fenwick is negative 0.85 so pretty bad. And James Reimer has been a bit of a revelation. I think some people might forget that the last time Reimer was with the Sharks, which was a few years ago, they went to the cup final and he was no small part of that. I think he was, you know, he was really good, even though Jones made most of the starts in the, or all of them in the post season. Uh, and one thing I heard on the Elliot Friedman show with Jeff Merrick is that Reimer has been doing a lot of different training this off season that he hasn't done because, because, I mean, one thing is like you don't expect a goalie this old to, all of a sudden, you know, 33 years old be have one of the best seasons of his career, but apparently he's been doing a lot of training with like VR virtual reality and and he just looks different. I must say he looks much more calm in the past. His his hands has been kind of jittery and moving around a little bit too much. He just seems really patient in the net and it, he just seems like he's in the zone and I would Definitely. I mean, if he's available for some reason, grab James Reimer. The only reason he hasn't made these last few starts is because he was sick, non-COVID illness, and it's taken him a while to get back up to speed. So, uh, But I would say don't count on being having a volume starter from either of these guys. I think it's going to be a timeshare. But I, I think what we're learning is that they can both be valuable because the Sharks are actually a pretty decent defensive team, which I know seems crazy to think about, but it's true. I mean, they're eleventh in expected goals against per sixty in the league. That's 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 the top, pretty much the top third of the league. So uh, I think either one can be valuable, but don't get your hopes up for a volume guy.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, I guess the point to take from there is that when one of them does get sick or injured, the other has some legitimate value because if you're if you're a decent enough goaltender on a on a top half defensive team then there can be some value reaped there i i am going to probably uh put forward a new nickname for for james reimer vrjr for uh, virtual reality james reimer if that's his new thing i'm into it i love it yeah let's make that go All right. Well, let's get into a couple of injuries that we should talk about tonight. I'm going to start in Pittsburgh, where it was announced today that Jake Gensel is out week to week with a hand injury. With Gensel out of the lineup, it looks like Kasperi Kapanen is taking over on line one, and Dominic Simone was practicing with the power play one. I guess any interest in either Kapanen or Dominic Simone, Victor? And if so, do you have a preference between the two?
1: Yeah, I definitely have a preference, although I don't I, this whole time with all these players in, in Pittsburgh sort of having some relevance, I haven't really been too into any of them. I wouldn't get super attached, but absolutely. Kasperi Kapanen, I think is the, is the better offensive player. And Dominic Simone is kind of an underrated defensive player. So, you know, he's one of those guys that I think can get a more of a leash from their coach because he, he is good, you know, kind of throw him in any situation and obviously anyone Uh, we we've seen over the years that Sid can bring anyone to, to relevance and have uh, you know, really helped them get the points. Although I was looking at some of Sidney Crosby's numbers uh, over the last year and previous years. And I mean, newsflash, he's still really good, but he has (laughs) kind of trailed off a little bit, particularly in his defensive metrics, which makes me wonder if maybe they'll stick a more defensively reliable forward with him. But I think if it's offense you want, and he's getting the opportunity, it's got to be in because he certainly has, in my in my opinion, more
0: skill, more more to offer in that uh, respect than Dominic Simone. I agree. And we've seen Kapanen run hot as well on Pittsburgh over the past few years. And when he does, he he can have some fantasy, like sustained fantasy value as he did uh, towards the end of last season. So I would be grabbing Kapanen. I could also see Simone being flexed out of that spot quicker than Kapanen, though I also don't think that the Pens are likely married to either in that spot. And They'll probably go with a hot hand uh, regardless. I do think it's kind of interesting and nice for Erod, Evan Rodriguez to, uh, to kind of have the second winger, the second top-line winger in Pittsburgh out week to week now with Rust and Gensel out. I would think that Rodriguez has a bit more of a leash, and he's been really good on that top line. I am I am glad you brought up Crosby, and I wanted to mention him because he's been incredible after starting slow, coming back from the injury at the start of the season, but he's put up 11 points in the last six games. That includes last game where Gensel finished the game hurt do you worry about Crosby slowing down at all without Gensel, who I think we have to accept at this point is, you know, a, a solid enough superstar on his uh, on his own right that he does help drive that line with Crosby.
1: Yeah, I've been banging the Gensel drum for uh, a couple of years now. And our off-season previews, as you know, over at Fantasy Hockey Life, we kind of take these in. We've had you on to do the the Rangers, your favorite team. And it's when you When you look at a lot of the with and without numbers it 's pretty clear that, like you said, Gensel is a superstar. He does not need anyone to help drive that line. of course, when they 're together it 's amazing and it 's magical and you know it 's really fun to watch um, but yeah i think I think we 're getting to the point i don 't know that we 're there yet. Sidney Crosby does not need anyone to help him yet, but I think that he's at that point where you do kind of need a little bit more of a complementary piece. I mean, I think it was two, three years ago, you could put any scrubs out there with Crosby and they can, he would drive that line to relevance and own the shot share. Uh, some of his defensive metrics are just a little bit dipping down uh, compared to where they were before. And some of his expected goals numbers are Uh, In fact, I have the chart up right now comparing Crosby to Gensel and they're basically the same, except Gensel's is like a standard deviation above where Crosby is uh, almost or just about that in in most of the metrics. So, yeah, definitely. I think we're at the point where, where, you know, Crosby needs a little bit more help and, and Gensel may be entering that conversation where he could do maybe not all the way what Sid used to do, but, you know, he can certainly drive his own Offense with uh, not not necessarily as good a complementary piece as, as he's had in the
0: past. So yeah, that's kind of what I think about that. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, and that's a team where you like to see those two players together. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we get Gensel back before too long. Uh, Victor, we now need to talk to the Nazim Qadri uh, legislated portion of our show. As listeners know, we always got to sh- shout out Nazim Unfortunately, tonight it is due to a lower body injury that forced him to leave Last night's game, uh, even before Kadri left, interestingly, the Avs had shaken up their top six. Logan O'Connor took over on line one with Mac and Landeskog and scored two goals Tuesday uh, after everybody who streamed him in following the, the uh, McKinnon injury had long streamed him out. Um, I guess I'll start there. Do you believe in Logan O'Connor on that top line in the uh, in the short term, at least?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting about Logan O'Connor. <laughs> he is someone who i definitely you know didn't didn't think a whole lot about frankly i was just kind of like oh placeholder you know kind of hasn't really ever had the huge offensive upside in my opinion but uh, i was looking a little bit deeper this year and i mean he's been an awesome defensive forward and actually if you look at the difference between his expected goals for and his goals uh, his actual goals there's a big discrepancy there. He has way more expected goals than he does actual goals and so he probably deserves a bit more than what we're giving him credit for. And when you take a look a little bit deeper, you know, this this is a guy who played at the University of Denver and he pioneered his way into this role of being relevant on Colorado. They find these guys who have kind of, you know, maybe you might consider a lower ceiling but a high floor to be, you know, a competent NHLer. And he was a he was a national champ there at Denver and quite, uh, you know, quite a big contributor. There's another guy who was on that team that we'll talk about a little bit later. So I still feel like he's he's a guy with a lower ceiling, but he is so decent defensively. I think that that might not even be enough. He's actually he's good defensively. So he's a guy who they feel comfortable sticking on a top six line and can help be a little bit more of that responsible forward. And anytime you're in that top six, as we know, in Colorado, you're going to have the opportunity to get points. So I feel like um, he's evolving into a player that you kind of want to have. And I'm I'm lucky I, I streamed him and Nuha on my cup team this week, and I'm feeling pretty good about that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that I um I have the same level of interest in Logan O'Connor now as I did uh, when Mac- when McKinnon got injured because if he's going to stick on that top line and we saw Rantanen move down to a second line with Kadri in the last game, then I think that he's a he's a fine stream especially this week when the Avs play Friday and Sunday. Uh you uh you tipped our hand a little bit here. I'm going to ask you about Alex Newhook next and we saw um after Kadri went out, the Avs had a couple of different power play opportunities and they switched Newhook, the rookie, and Burakovsky, who we mentioned on the Tuesday show as somebody who's been on a bit of a cold streak. They each took a turn with that top power play unit. I'm wondering who you think will stick with that unit moving forward. Well, that's such a hard question, right? Who do I think is <laughs> going to stick? What, who do I? What, well, who what do you have I? faith in? I suppose is the the better, maybe the easier way of asking that.
1: Yeah, it's like how the coach is going to feel that morning. I don't know. But, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I definitely think the Burakovsky is the one that I would have more interest in, and I, I think just also thinking about it in terms of your league and if Burakovsky is out there. Or if somebody happened to drop him, that's that's the guy that you're going to want to get because he he's going to be harder to get later anyways, right? Whereas like Newhook, O'Connor, these guys should probably be on the wire unless it's a streamagami week like it is this week or a good schedule for Colorado. I think that uh, that that Burkovsky also just in general has a, has a little bit more more value just in terms of like being able to have a decent floor um, for your your team. So I definitely would want. Burkovsky a lot more i think he's he's less likely to get relegated to the bottom six and, and not
0: have a decent center to play with Absolutely. Uh, I, I agree. As I mentioned the other day, when Burakovsky goes cold, he goes really cold. But if you look at him on aggregate over a full 82-game season, he's going to put up some decent numbers. He'll he'll probably get back up to that 60-point pace that we've seen over the last two seasons that he's had in Colorado. Uh, just two more goalie injuries I want to get to. The first is in St. Louis. This is actually a backup goaltender injury, but Villejuso has been taken over for... Uh, Jordan Bennington while well, Bennington's been on the COVID list and Ville Huso is now out and I'm wondering now now we have Charlie Lindgren taking over for Husso. is it Charlie Lindgren season do you have any faith in Lindgren's ability to hold on to that net nope I do not <laughs> that's the very short answer um, the longer
1: answer is that we've seen Charlie Lindgren several times in the past and he just has never really been able to do anything that was, you know, worthwhile or, you know, uh, he's had a couple opportunities here and there most recently in, um, in, in Montreal. And, you know, he just always have kind of put up stinker numbers, you know, so I don't really have any faith in him. So the other thing is that the blues are 26 and expected goals against per 60. So they're not necessarily, a great team defensively and a lot of what we've seen this season that have that the reason the blues have been a pretty decent team is that the, their goalies primarily Bennington, but also who so recently have have put up above expected well above expected goals numbers. So you have a not decent defensive team and a goalie who's we've kind of has been proven to be not very good. Uh, that's a recipe for blowing you up. Although as we speak right now, Uh, He has not let in a goal, which of course means that by the time you finish, uh, we finish and you hear this, he will have probably let in uh, quite a few. Um, But I I don't really have any faith in Lindgren, but I I did want to touch on Huso because he's been a guy that in the prospect circles, we've been excited. We were excited about for a long time and thought he was the heir apparent. And then, of course, you know, Bennington did Bennington things and, uh, you know, came out of nowhere and stole the job. And of course, he's been you know pretty decent. I think since since that magical run that they had, but Huso finally getting a decent run has shown his numbers are actually better than Bennington's uh, this season, quite a bit better. And even though it's a small sample size, um, they're better average over the last two seasons for Bennington as well. So, I think if Huso gets a run, and I think he's a he's a quality goalie, and and probably could. Um, be serviceable especially if there's if there's playing more than you know once every four or something like that there could be some decent value
0: there but nope not interested in Charlie Longman at all I think that makes sense and and I think that that explains a little bit about why Huso has been so good uh, in the few starts that he's had since Bennington's been on the shelf Uh, Victor we are going to take a quick break when we come back we'll get into some streaks you're listening to short shifts Temperatures outside have been dropping, which means NHL season is well underway. And there's absolutely no need to exhaust yourself looking all over the internet, scouring for tickets to see your favorite hockey team play. And that's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site. And the only one you'll need as your go-to for all tickets for NHL hockey, concerts, NFL, NBA, and more. You know, Lewis, it's been a long time since I've been able to go see a live NHL game because of the pandemic, and I, I live in uh, I live on the East Coast now where there is not an NHL team, but my dad and I have recently been talking about going to Toronto or Montreal to catch a game, and I think that we're actually looking at going to see the Leafs face off against Tampa later on this season. Two NHL teams who have been incredible lately, and I cannot wait to go to TickPick.com to get my tickets, TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NHL hockey tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit TickPick today at TickPick.com Carlson. Welcome back to short shifts. Victor, we are going to hop right into our streaks segment, and we are going to start back in Colorado where we were a few minutes ago, but we have to talk about Valerie Nashushkin, a player who has been so hot lately and assist Wednesday puts him at seven goals and 13 points through 14 games. He's playing on line two was with cadre before the injury and he is shooting twenty three percent on the season to get to that you know seven goals in fourteen games stretch. The on ice shooting percentage is through the roof, but he's seeing great even strength usage and on a very competent Avs power play too. To me, Nashushkin is worth holding onto in deeper leagues because of that that the Avalanche bump, I guess that those those secondary scorers have. But I'm wondering, do you think that niche is worth holding in most leagues?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it obviously he's got a Friday Sunday stream here at over the weekend, and so that's good. But next week he's got a Tuesday Thursday Saturday. You know, not a great schedule. So I would definitely hold him through the weekend. But I, I would look at my schedule for next week, and there's a pretty good chance that I'd be dropping him after that Sunday game, uh, unless I really thought I could fit him in. And it kind of depends on how he does. Um, But, you know, with with cadre missing time, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't you're not necessarily going to get the same benefit from from playing in that role without one of their better players. So I, I would I would hold him for the short term. And then if he if he really convinces me that he's better than one of my bottom roster spots and I can fit him in to those busy days. Uh, I might hold him for next week. He certainly is a a great, you know, two-way player, um, but he is, he, he's pretty streaky with this offense. So I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily count on that, especially as you reference all those numbers are just way, way uh, indicate that he's going to regress hard and getting pretty lucky uh, though. Uh, also, as you said, the Colorado guys can tend to do that for pretty decent stretches. And so there's certainly value there, but I, I, be pretty quick on the draw to drop him uh, for schedule next week.
0: Yeah, I think he's, I think he's too tough for me to drop right now. You know, at least he's shooting. Um, He's getting a decent number of shots on goal for a guy who's uh, generally not really a shooter and he is putting up points still. So I might hold on just for that hot streak, but I agree with you that like when he goes cold, it's, I'm probably not holding the flame for too long. Uh, let's hop over to a cold streak in Philadelphia, Sean Couturier, a player who we've mentioned on the show. I know Brian and Elon have mentioned him on keeping Carlson, but he stays so cold. And now with a new coach, you would hope that Couturier would jump back out of the cold streak, but no, just one assist in his last 10, three points in his last 16, zero goals on his last 42 shots spanning 14 games. Let's suppose that Couturier happens to be on the block in a league that you're in. Are you going out to put in that buy low offer on Sean, Shawnee Coots?
1: I don't think so. We actually just had this discussion today because we're in a dynasty together and defending champs, by the way, should mention that. And thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we were talking, I was talking to the Coots owner who uh, actually and the trade ended up going through to a different GM after I told him no, because uh, I don't necessarily think that the upside is huge there. Now, obviously I don't necessarily, I don't think that what he's doing now is, is sustainable. I mean, he's only 29 and he's, you know, got good ice time and power play time. And his point pace is just really you know low compared to what it's been the last few seasons being a consistent, you know, 70 plus point guy. that that whole time. And so he's obviously going to regress up a little bit, but I'm not sure that that the huge upside is there. I mean, everything in Philly appears to be broken. And yes, they made a coaching change, but not much has changed since that time. So it seems like there's maybe some bigger changes coming. I don't know if they're going to make a big trade or something like that, which shouldn't affect him too much. And he is still getting a ton of ice time, as I mentioned. So I I don't know. That seems like a perfect buy low opportunity, but I think it depends on what, you're getting in this in this dynasty league uh the, there was far too much asked for what i expect to be a modest bounce back Uh, but in a redraft league i think that you could if if you could offer you know something more more reasonable that you know maybe you had an excess of, of d or uh you know a winger that's the other thing that's hard too is that being a center um it, it can it can if you're in a points league you might be able to find a similar guy getting points uh Relative to what Couturier is getting, it so it might not be worth it. Um, but I'm I'm not going to be rushing out to
0: get to send offers on the Couturier owner personally. I am going to disagree with you on this one. I think that he's a really excellent buy low opportunity. Um, The question is for sure, there is risk there. I will say that, you know, he's on pace for 48 and he's he did have an 82 game pace above or of 70 or above for the preceding four seasons. And like you say, I just don't see anything under the hood that suggests to me that there's some reason he can't get up to generally that area. You know, maybe he's a 65 point guy or whatever this season. So I'd be willing to take the risk of putting out like a 60 point pace player now and and you know you're you're basically selling it to your trade partner as yeah i'm gonna give you a little bit of a risk but you know i'm getting the upside or whatever you get the safe play and and you get out of the cold streak but maybe it'll break right for me that's that sort of thing i could get behind i do think that there's risk there though because of the coaching change and we just don't know what his usage will look like longer term with mike yo at the helm i do think the fact that yo is an internal uh, an internal promotion gives him a bit of an an upshot at keeping his his top deployment. but I, I'd say it remains to be seen. I, I wouldn't call it a lock that he's going to uh, that he's gonna get back up to the 70 point pace. but personally, I would buy because I think that the upside is there and and I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, let's hop over to our final cold streak of the night and it's in Anaheim. We have to talk about Troy Terry. Terry came up on the Keeping Carlson patron-only Discord group today. Folks were asking what to do with the man who had the 16-game point streak snapped a few weeks ago. At this point, Terry has gone nine games since the point streak ended, and in that stretch, he has just four points and just 12 shots. Three of those games, he has zero shots. I'm wondering, Victor, is Troy Terry, uh, is the is the sell high window completely shut? And should Troy Terry managers be rushing to liquidate all their stock?
1: Yeah, if it hasn't shut already, it's probably shutting very, very soon. And I I this this discussion has come up in our fantasy hockey life discord, and I was telling people weeks ago sell 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 Troy Terry because the bottom is going to fall out and no one wanted to of course you don't want to sell when he's getting points every single game goal assist the multiple points Uh, but we we knew this was going to happen it's just math you look at the shooting percentage there's no way it's still at 27 percent for the season and that's probably going to fall in half or more so yeah, I would definitely get anything you can for Troy Terry. Uh, he's the other University of Denver man that we were talking about earlier, and he's take, certainly taken a long time to get to this relevance. and And he he certainly has upside beyond what he has shown the last few seasons. But I don't think he's an eighty point guy. I'm not even sure he's a sixty point guy. Probably can be in that range, but. Uh, he's, he's definitely not going to be your point per game that some people were hoping and that he was showing for a while. So I, I would trade him pretty much for anything you can, because that's the other thing about Troy Terry is that when he's, when he's, when he's cold uh, and and people have seen this in the past, maybe that have rostered him is that he doesn't really do anything. And so he could be really hurting your team with uh, you know, a couple points of, of zero or 0.5 uh, on a lot of nights when he's doing absolutely nothing. So that's going to be painful. And maybe someone still believes that they can get back to where he was. I mean, Getzloff has been out and he was one of his main line mates. So maybe when Getzloff gets back, he can get some relevance. But I would use that as a bargaining chip and not something to rely on to keep him on your team.
0: I agree with you that the Getzlaff injury looms large here. And I actually, I bought in on Troy Terry. I did the classic short shifts by high where, I mean, it was in tier one of the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League. So in a league like that, even when a guy like Troy Terry is at a points per game pace, you're not you know that you're not going to be able to sell him at that level because it's 14 people who all understand that he's way outperforming his value. So I I traded Taylor Hall, who I could also see the floor coming out from under. And I feel better about Terry moving forward than I would if I still had Hall on my team. I think I might have dropped Hall at this point. At least Terry has his five game week this week. Hopefully he can put up a few more points to make me feel better about it. But Watching Terry a little bit closer as I have, it's not surprising to me that he would have a high shooting percentage because he clearly picks a spot. I've seen him doing a few posts in the past 9 games actually. So I do think that Troy Terry is a guy who can who can carry what looks to be an unsustainable shooting percentage, but without gets left there, maybe that's maybe that's a big reason why he's not able to score at quite the same pace and I would like to see him put up more shots because it's It's you're going to see a lot of zeros and point fives and points leaks, as you mentioned, until that happens. Uh, Victor, we did it. We got through an episode without Lewis. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Why don't you plug your uh, plug your stuff? Tell folks where they can find you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. And if you have not subscribed and listened to the Fantasy Hockey Life podcast, you should come check us out. We don't do the weekly schedule and hot and cold stuff. We take a little bit deeper look at sort of dynasty and long-term type things. And we bring on scouts and talk about prospects and it's a lot of fun. So check that out. And you can read my work over at the hockey writers. I primarily cover the sharks, but also prospects. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victor Nuno 12, V I C T O R N U N O one, two. Thanks a lot,
0: Ben. Thank you so much, Victor. And absolutely go and follow Victor, as well as his co-host, Jesse severe, two of my favorite folks in this space online. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Be sure to give us a follow at ShortShift's KK, as well as Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson and Dave Benton of The Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. I also implore you to follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News for up-to-the-minute updates on Twitter. Visit the great sites we research our episodes with at Frozen Tools, Natural Stat Trick, and Kukupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. Until we see you next time, play smart and keep those shifts short.